Just chopping them up into a line and just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just let me smell it. Just, <laughs> just, oh, just a lick. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to part three of the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. If I keep telling myself I'm this awake, I'll be this awake. It's quite late, we're quite tired, so it's time for, as we like to call, Too Much Time on Our Hands nights. So here we are again, topic three, or our only topic, as we only really do one topic a week now. And it is underappreciated movies, or movies that we would we think are underappreciated and other people should watch. Yes. So we're just going to go through some of our favourite films, basically, I think. Yeah, but yeah, it's the it's the, the less obvious ones. Yeah, right? no Lord of the Rings, no Alien. It's a tough like proposition to get your head around because sometimes you think underrated, but that means it has to be kind of critically panned mm. or critically, you know, not didn't do that well critically, mm. but could have been successful. And then you think <coughs> underappreciated could mean still was critically successful, but then maybe didn't do so well with audiences. Yeah. So yeah. Or potentially the ones that in your circle of friends you seem to be the only one that likes. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing is probably every single film we're going to come up with now there's going to be someone thinking that's not underappreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, you know loads yeah. of people love that. Fucking everyone loves that one. Yeah. yeah exactly. Talking about. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Or we're just going to find out that we're the only three people on so the planet. I'm, I'm going to start with Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Specifically, <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one ever seems to mention. <laughs> yeah. I was going to go with Sack of the Clones, actually. <laughs> um, okay, so who wants to get started then? Sean's got a pile. I think we should I go with that. I, I, I always, I like with these podcasts to have a sort of show and tell aspect, even though I can't show you, but I can show Tom and Dan. So I have my stack here. For instance, I am showing Sean my penis right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first up. It's, this is one I'm going to get a lot of flack for for saying it's underappreciated. Dread, <laughs> the oh. film that has a petition to make a sequel and has like a, uh, a Facebook group with hundreds and thousands of people on it. But for some, I still think it's an underrated film because it's a really, really so. good action film. Yeah, and with they, some excellent slow-mo effects I'm not going to yeah. shut up about it until yeah. they make a damn sequel <laughs> because until they do, that's why it's underappreciated because despite the fact that people love it for some reason they don't see enough in it they don't see it as marketable enough or sellable enough to make another one and I don't understand it Carl Urban really wants to do it so many people went out and bought the DVD so many people went out and bought the Blu-ray it topped the charts um, you know for all of these kind of fan petitions and I get that that's a little bit false it's a little bit inflated because of, you know, the obsessive fan base that want this film to be uh, to do well and to get a sequel. But yeah, it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, you need to go and see it. It's just a nice, short, condensed, small scale action film, like a proper eighties mm. uh, or nineties. No, eighties, not nineties. A proper eighties action film where Dread is a badass. He goes in a, a tower block and kills people. And Lena Headey is superb in it. Mm. Is she Mama? She's Mama. Yeah. She's yeah. brilliant. And it's, it's actually a great looking film as well. If you can get, I mean, I'm stuck in the past, so I've only got the DVD version, but if you can get the Blu-ray version, or even if you can watch it on a 3D telly, it's one of the films that really sells 3D to me. 
like I said, I saw it in, in the cinema on 3D, and I have seen it on a 3D TV, and it does look amazing. You know the uh, YouTube channel, the Slow Mo Guys? Yeah. Gavin Free okay. did the slow mo effects. Really? On... From the slow mo? Yeah. Because they are, that's what makes it look I great in 3D. Worked, he worked for the production company uh, that has the Phantom Flex cameras. Basically, if you don't know, in the film there's this drug called slow mo, which is. Um... What does it do, Sean? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. It makes things slow mo. Drunk. mo. <laughs> yeah. But there's some really cool scenes where. Um, you know, people are taking this drug and everything's happening in slow-mo. There's a really cool uh, slow-mo uh, gunfight where Dread bursts in on these, um, in this sort of <clears throat> slow-mo den where all these guys yeah. are like, you know, smoking their stuff and bullets are flying through the air at slow motion and you see them like striking through body parts and stuff and it's really gory and really cool. Very cool film. Anyway, yeah, that is yeah. a great scene. Maybe it's fun. My, that was my first. Someone yeah. else, Go. Oh, we doing we doing a sort of yeah, around yeah, the yeah, table. Yeah. Okay, um, but feel free to interject, obviously, because that's the spirit yeah. of this. Um, <clears throat> I'm putting up David Fincher's version of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Really, as an underrated film. Wasn't Be- a fan because compared to the original, which had uh, Rooney Mara. Yeah, as uh, Elizabeth Salander. No, it's, uh, New, the original was. Oh, Numi Rapaz. Why, yeah. why do I always go with Mar- Rumi, Rumi Mara? Rooney Mara's in the re- in the, the Fincher one. Yes, she yeah. is. Sorry, yeah. I always get it. I always get it the wrong way around. It's so stupid. But I I like that, and I know that there's that big kind of. Oh my god, the Hollywood audience of today is so like subtitle averse. Mm. Um, I I still think it's really well done. Yeah, it's it's not a bad film. It's just it's not as good as the original version. I know, but I really I don't know why. I just find it more accessible and a lot easier to get into. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's no less graphic. It's no mm. less um, it's no less afraid of dealing with the really quite awful subjects that it that it deals with. Um, and I know this is terrible, mm. but um, I quite like Rooney Mara's version of Elizabeth. Yeah, Sanders. I don't think she was bad now. No, no. I think I think she was really good. She was actually I found her a lot more threatening mm. than uh, Numi Rapace. I, I, I think it's a good film. I just think, yeah, the other one's just a little bit better. So yeah, I I, I don't don't dislike it as a film. If that was the the version of it that came from the books, I'd be kind of fine with it. I don't think that would be a mm. problem. I think it's a good film. So, yeah, yeah I do too. And um, <clears throat> to be honest, at the the spoiler, the antagonist, he eventually mm. find out the guy who has been doing the murders, murders and stuff like yeah. that. One of my favourite scenes is earlier on, um, uh, Daniel Craig's reporter character, whose name escapes me at the oh, moment. God, I know you mean that, yeah. Yeah, um, is having drinks with this guy who eventually turns out to be the murderer mm. of all these people. Uh, and uh, that guy, the murderer, happens to have a lady friend around with mm. him, sort of some old family friend. And there's a there's a moment where the conversation dies down, and there's a kind of clicking noise mm. as a door somewhere in the house comes loose, and you can hear what sounds like wind whistling mm. or something like that, um, or someone screaming. And he yeah. gets up and goes, "Oh, I think something's just come loose somewhere." goes disappears down into this place where eventually you find out he's got like some massive great tortured dead under there yeah. obviously shuts the door and comes back up and it's only later on in the film you realise that what you'd heard then was the screams of some poor person that he had downstairs yeah. um, while they were all having drinks and enjoying themselves upstairs anyway 
I thought it was quite good. Yeah, it's a good film. Underrated. Definitely. Right, so I'm going to kick things off with uh, kind of a... Well, it is a sequel. Uh, the original version of Tron is a, a, a well-loved film. Yes. Which is no... There is no question about. Um, it probably lost some some of the effectiveness. Like, you couldn't... Millennials couldn't go back and think that Tron is a very well... Special effects laden film, but what we grew up on, it was still pretty impressive. I think it, I think it holds up. To mm. be honest, I think as a film, it holds up. I think special effects wise, it holds up because it just got such a distinct look about mm. it. I don't think it looks. It sort of does what it tries yes. to do really well. There is that. Yeah. I don't think there's anything sort of wrong. I know what you mean. Millennials might find it just a bit pants mm. and not very, you know, as exciting, but. Um, no, yeah, sorry, carry on. I still so, think the light cycle scene holds up. Yeah, that looks good, yeah. yeah. But the, um, it was a weird choice to do a sequel that far after the original film had come yeah. out. But Tron Legacy is a film that I really enjoy. Mm. It's one of those films I can put on at any time and I can just enjoy. I don't need to be in the right mood to watch it. It's, it's not a leave your brain at the door kind of film, but it kind of... It's fairly easy going. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy, it's very well acted. I like the plot. And it's just a fun, decent action film with a Daft Punk soundtrack that's amazing. One yeah. of the best soundtracks of probably the last 15 years uh, with Michael Sheen chewing the scenery but doing a great job doing it for the short scenes that he's in. Incredibly stylish. Um, and it's kind of a shame that it doesn't get the credit that I think it deserves as being a really good action film which is what it is and also started off the whole let's make Jeff Bridges look young in the scene as well thing, which, yeah, which is the really first time weird I'd seen yeah. that, and they've done it a couple of times since haven't they but yeah. CGing an actor to, to look like his younger self which is just crazy yeah. futuristic uh, talk but it was quite effective. Like yeah. I was quite impressed with it. I know people have um, slagged it off. I think, but they CG'd mm. Arnie, though, didn't they? they yeah, I was going to say Arnie. since no, they've done it in yeah. Terminator Genesis, and they've done, they did it with something else. So done it a couple of the Marvel films as well, have they? Yeah. The, the most recent one is spoilers in Civil War. There's a scene with young Tony Stark, and it is crazy. It looks like young Robert Downey Jr. It's just. It's flawless. Like you, mm. I've seen it enough now as well. And uh, you just look for like seams. You look for mistakes, and that they're just not there. It looks fantastic. Wow. But Tron, very stylish film. Looks beautiful. Like still, it's only what five, six, seven years old now, probably. If five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. fifteen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's about eight years old, I think, and it still looks fantastic. Still holds up. The fight scenes are good. Just, just a really good film that I think is a shame that it's taken so long that they might, they might not bother with the third one by the sound of things. So, but yeah, I like Tron Legacy. That's so. If they didn't do it, just yeah. take a punt on it. Go yeah. on. Just to, it, yeah. It feels like it should have clicked, but it didn't. Yeah. It's not like uh, John Carter, which was a massive mistake from Disney. Mm. This is something that maybe should have clicked, but maybe just people don't really care about it anymore. Yeah. Which is a shame. It is a shame. But yeah, I, I like that film. Mm. Next up, yes. Ridley Scott's debut yeah. film, I think. 
Legend. Oh yeah. <coughs> Is that his debut film? I, it might. I very well. Could I think be, it was. Yeah. yeah. It was certainly one of his earlier. Certainly one of the earlier films. It's not his debut film, but it's, it is amazing looking film. Yes. And it really holds up. It's got fantastic um, prosthetics and creature oh, designs. Demon and, man. Yeah. And amazing. Every scene in, in this film looks like a painting. Yeah. It's just so beautifully posed and um, um, you know set out that it's just it's it's just like such a nice film to watch. Um, it's got a young Tom Cruise in it mm. as Jack, the sort of forest boy who's um, the kind of hero of the film, and he's got some little pixie friends. And basically, it's a proper old-fashioned adventure story, and <clears throat> it's just got some really good, memorable scenes in it. It's got Tim Curry as <clears throat> the devil, and it is the best-looking. Horned demon devil Used type thing I've ever seen in the film. Scared of the daylights out. Yeah, it's mm. terrifying yeah. for like kids, and especially his voice. His voice mm. is like really dark and gravelly, and um, but the actual prosthetics just look fantastic. Yeah, they look mm. superb, and he's like an absolute beefcake in this. Like he's absolutely giant, um, <clears throat> and. Apparently there was a version of this film with an alternate soundtrack, which I've never seen. I've only ever seen like the obvious version, but mm. apparently there's a version with it was I think it's the band Tangerine Tangerine Dream. Dream. Yeah, they did a load of soundtracks. Oh, okay, so I'd, I'd really like to see that version, but I haven't yet. Um, but I've watched this film a bunch of times, and it seems to be on TV a lot. It's one of those films that just comes yeah, on. Yeah, it is. And <clears throat> I don't know. It's not that I don't hear people ever talk about it like fondly or anything and I think it's sort of seen as a bit shallow which it kind of is it doesn't have the best story the um, the kind of damsel in distress that Jack is trying to go after is really annoying and not very likeable at all um, but yeah no great film I really like it yeah I, I, I've got to say I, I, I've seen that a few times mm. like usually on TV I, I, funnily enough it's, it's definitely I mean I may be one of these people who underrates it mm-hmm. I, I certainly wouldn't go out and buy it on DVD mm-hmm. um, I, 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 although if I saw it on TV I'd probably go eh, yeah I'll watch that I, if ever I see it on TV I have to watch it because I, I love seeing the scene with the witch in the lake yeah. because that witch is fucking terrifying yes. it's so such a good creature design uh, basically Jack gets to this bog and he has to cross it and mm. out from nowhere this proper shriveled old hag that's like seven feet tall just leers out of the water <laughs> and it's like what have we here tasty morsel and like goes yeah shits his pants as you would but no yeah really really good film that, I mean that would be one of the candidates for uh, we've talked about potentially doing uh tracks like commentary tracks to films mm. and I think that would be a, candidate, a good candidate for yeah. that because I'd love to sit down and talk about that I would love to do that too yeah. this is it yeah. this is that moment where yeah. we decide to do it I think we should do that at some point that won't be fun sit down and just do a commentary track on the podcast one of our podcasts is just a commentary track to a film okay so everyone listening you two people out there yeah both of you both of you this is it this is that moment when we decided to do a commentary track. Yeah. To a momentous <laughs> occasion. <laughs> you got one thing? I got one thing. Uh, yes, I am going to uh, throw into the mix J.J. Abrams' Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, <clears throat> I, th- I know this is not necessarily 
one of the most underrated films out there, but it is certainly underrated. I think a lot of people criticise it because it doesn't fit to their idea of what Khan was or what Khan is or how a Star Trek film should be. Um, but I think it is very good. I also think that Bumbledick Handy Crank is fantastic in it. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I just, I just loved it. I, I, every time I've watched it, I've always come away thinking that was that was really good. Really I enjoyed really that. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, all seriousness, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's interpretation of Khan is is very good and threatening, and actually almost sympathetic um, to a point where you realise that you know he's effectively been a prisoner um, for his whole life. Um, the crew have their annoying points, obviously. They're trying to fit into... They're trying to fit a 70s interpretation of the world as it was then into a very different time and culture in the PC culture that we live in these days. About being politically correct and saying the right things and stuff like that. And it does jar. There are moments where it does jar a bit and you think, oh, you know, it just doesn't seem right. But I still think it's grossly underrated. Yeah. It is a very good film. I came away from, I, I mean, I'm not a big Trekkie fan, so I don't really have the sort of background knowledge of what characters should and shouldn't be like. But both of those films, the, you know, the first mm. J.J. Abrams mm. one and that one, I, I thoroughly enjoyed them both. Yeah, same. Mm. Really, really enjoyed them, so... But they are severely underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I might bring up another Star Trek film afterwards. Oh. No, should, I, should I do it now? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, okay. Which is my favourite Star Trek film. Is that the Borg one? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, the next gen one's tarred with a brush that kind of, kind of seen as a bit shit. But the Star Trek First Contract... Contract? Contract? <laughs> Star Trek First Contact was uh, based around the Borg and it involves time travel to the first the time where they invented warp technology, basically. Um, this is the one with the Queen in isn't it? Yeah, the Borg yeah. Queen, uh, which goes against the Borg, what the Borg do, really, but that's not really the point. Um, it's an action film. It's a Star Trek action film before J.J. Abrams introduced it. It yeah. is an action film. Uh, a lot of Star Trek films are quite talky-talky a lot of the time, and the, the action films are few and far between. Wrath of Khan's pretty much an action film, I suppose. But mm-hmm. aside from that, it's a lot of negotiations, a lot of talking. It's, it's not what I think people watch Star Trek for, but it's not really very entertaining in movies a lot of the time. First Contacts is an action film, um, with the Borg, who are probably the best next generation bad guys in that they well came up with themselves, so I really like it. I like the actors, and although the actors are predominantly the ones from the TV series, they they added a couple of people. The guy who plays Zephyrin Cochran, the guy they go back in time, to, back in time dude, to make sure that he uh, takes part with the first warp flight. Uh, he's good, and it's got a nice little subplot to it on top of the whole impending doom thing of this guy that they're <clears throat> he's kind of a down and out scientist he's an alcoholic and they've got to get him back up on his feet they've got to help him create warp technology and eventually he does which is why it's called First Contact mm. it's a really good film it really actually reminds me of a really good episode of Star Trek I think mm. it was Next Generation with the character Q yeah who, Q's great Yeah, who flicks the generate uh, the um the Enterprise forward 
about five or six years yeah. to the, its first encounter with the Borg. Yeah. And sees how they deal with it and then flicks them back and just says, just so you know, this is coming. Yeah. It, it's, um, he accuses them of being arrogant, doesn't Absolutely. he, basically. So, so he throws them against an enemy yeah. that... They can't. They, they can't, just can't, can't be. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Because they do eventually begin to know how to handle the Borg. Kinda. Yeah. It's, it's never like... They're kind of relentless, though, is the point. So it just doesn't, they adapt. Yeah. So this is rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they adapt. So they are quite. They're, they're just really fearsome. And the fact is, you're often fighting your friends as well, who are just not your friends anymore, and you have to try and kill them. Yeah. Really nice little enemy, uh, and really works in that film. The other, the other next gen ones, apart from Generation, are a bit pants, but yeah, first contact. Nice. Mm-hmm. Two Trek films in a row. Yeah. Is, is it going to be three? Things back to Swords and Sorcery again. <laughs> uh, Merlin. The uh, Channel 4 feature length. This is kind of cheating because it's not really a film. It's like a feature length TV production. I have never seen that. It was made by Channel 4. stars Sam Neill as uh, Merlin. I'm Sam Neill and I'm from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Stars Miranda Richardson as Mab, the Queen of Darkness. Basically, it is Miranda Richardson. the classic story of uh, Merlin, um, and it's uh, I don't know what to say about it other than it's just really good. It's got Helena Bonham Carter in it. It's got uh, Martin Short in it. It's got Rutger Hauer in it. You know, it's got it's a heck of a cast. It's got a pretty yeah. epic cast, and it's so surprising. I can't describe it without just getting you to watch it but it's just got so many memorable scenes in it and it actually kind of it's, it's quite emotional at points and just just watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically it's about <clears throat> the old um, sort of mysterious uh, elements of kind of British history or folklore and stuff yes. so like the the gods and things are slowly losing their power as people stop believing in them and it's basically about their struggle to stay relevant and Merlin is kind of the last person with uh, power, um, you know, the last wizard and whatnot. Yeah. And he was trained by Queen Mab, and then he goes kind of against her to raise up Arthur. And there's loads of like betrayal in it, and it's 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 not a kind of it's it's kind of an interesting complex plot that goes in different directions. I'm not sure, to be honest, how familiar this is. Probably the most familiar I am with Arthurian legend is from this, so I've no idea how close to. Um, Hmm. It might be worth a watch. It's 100% worth a watch. I'll let you know how close it is to Arthurian legend. Are you quite hot on all that stuff? I do quite enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, give it a watch and let me know. It's really, really good. Sweet. Cool. I will. I love that. I like that. I like that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, good. Wizards. <clears throat> I'm Sam Neill. <laughs> I do love Sam Neill. I do as well. I think he's I, 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 Everyone loves like him, right? He's, he's, um, he was, he's absolutely fucking phenomenal in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, comes a total yeah. bastard. He does a great Northern Irish accent. Yeah. I, I, you, <laughs> you scum. <laughs> I, yeah, he's really Are we good. beginning to get some sort of mutual respect here, Mr. Shelby? <laughs> no, I didn't think so. <laughs> Tolerance is a wonderful thing, Mr. Shelby. <laughs> Right. Sorry, I'm just putting this dice away because otherwise I'm going to lose it. Okay. That's what that sound was. <laughs> right, my next one. Robert Rodriguez is from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, what a film. 
Ever seen it, Sean? Yes. Would you mean Robert Rodriguez does? Or Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Quentin Tarantino's. He didn't direct it. Oh, okay. He was in it. it. Okay. I, I just thought it was a Tarantino film. No, no, no. Well, it's, it's seen as an unofficial Tarantino, but it was directed by Robert Reed. Okay, Rodriguez. yeah. Good film. Now, I, I see it as underrated, because the amount of people I've spoken to who say to me, oh, yeah, Dust or Dawn, superb, until it stopped being like every other Tarantino film. And I thought, nah, that's the best bit about it. It stops being a Tarantino film. It stops film, being yeah. a Tarantino film. It stops being like... Because it is really good. And actually, I've got to say, the writing and the direction of the film, up to the point where the vampires <laughs> make... Sorry, spoiler alert. Where the vampires <laughs> make their entrance is, is like straight out of any sort of really well-paced, well-written crime um, caper. Two yeah. brothers trying to make their way across the Mexican border mm. with America to get away after escaping from prison, basically. Mm. With their loot, trying to get into some horrendous place called El Rey, which appears to be some sort of criminal-infested city that will harbour them uh, once they get to Mexico. Anyway, they arrange to meet up at a bar called the Titty Twister um, <clears throat> with, their, with their contact, um, but all hell literally breaks loose. Um, and it goes, it's one of those very cool things that goes from being a crime caper mm. um, to being a um, almost out of nowhere vampire horror film. I'm sure, I mean, it's a 1990s film for Christ's sake. If you haven't seen it by this point, I mean, seriously, it's, um, you know, it's well worth watching because it is, it is really good. And it's, it's an unexpected fun. twist. It's a lot, and of, it's a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. And it is really underrated because, as I said, a lot of the people I speak to about it always go on about how disappointed they were when it stopped being a, a crime scene and turned into the vampire film but if you think about it Salma Hayek is in it as one of the vampires you've got Danny Trejo as one of the vampires you've got uh, Tommy Chong uh, no sorry Ch- Cheech Barron plays uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the vampires as well hey welcome to the titty twister you know I mean it's absolutely super it's just so <laughs> hammy it's just so stupid it's the guy from Dawn of the Dead who plays the, uh, like what's his name sex machine or something yeah uh, what's his name uh, it's um, isn't that Joel Silver yeah yeah who plays um, yeah sex machine and then the guy with the revolver for, on his crotch yeah who then gets bitten and sort of slowly turns into a vampire, like his hand goes funny and he gets teeth and like, yeah. you know, like the, the fangs appear. And it's also got, I shouldn't, I should have said, it, it's got Juliette Lewis mm-hmm. in, in a great role. Um, it's also got Harvey Keitel yeah. in it, in a great role. So I'm sorry, I'm being attacked by a gnat or something. Yeah, it's on your nose, yeah. It was on my nose, I yeah. killed it now. <laughs> um, smooshed it. And um, it's just, it's just great. I just, I just love everything about that. Um... Yeah, really underrated. Undeservedly so. It's a fucking brilliant film. Go and watch it. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Here's, here's a film that's not underrated in this room. I know that for a fact. Event Horizon. Mm. It's so funny because I watched it yeah. uh, literally last night. Yeah. No, not even last Does it hold up? Because I haven't watched it in a while. Um, visually, yes. Yeah. It looks great. For yeah, a film made in 97, they really went to town on the, um, the interior of the spaceship and... Um, the CG, there's not much CG in it and what there is looks pretty good mm. there's a little bit where there's this coolant that's leaked in the ship into oh, zero yeah. gravity it's very cool because they're sort of walking around and it does look a bit CG but there's a really cool scene where they turn gravity on and it all just drops from mid-air mm. and crashes onto the ground 
Yeah. It looks great. That is great. A really cool scene. The spaceships, the kind of exterior shots mm. and stuff look fantastic as well. They must have been miniatures, I guess, mm. because they look too good to be CG to me. But oh, they're, they're, they're miniatures. Yeah. They are miniatures, yeah. yeah. And also, I've got to say, in terms of set design, mm. the interior of that ship is terrifying. Yes. Yeah. The doors that have spikes on, where there's this, like, uh, these... Yeah. kind of cross sections that all cross together to make a sort of square in the middle and they you know as they open up but they've all got like these spikes which are presumably they're just you know in thematic they'd be there just to lock in mm-hmm. but in the context of the film because it's basically hell on this spaceship yeah. quite literally uh, it makes it suddenly look just much more sinister yeah just a little thing like you're, that. you're never quite sure sorry this is, right. this this is your yeah, choice this is your and we literally <laughs> hijacked it you're never quite sure whether the ship looked always looked like that and oh, okay. Or whether it, it was twisted by. I mean, obviously, there's the there's that bit where the flash of lightning illuminates the fact that most of the walls are plastered mm. with yeah, crushed liquidates, almost skull. like flesh. Yeah, and it's like, like the, the flesh is actually thrown into the yeah. into the ship. Yeah, and of course that moment where the ship's log suddenly becomes yes. clear, and you see what yeah. happens when they engage the gravity drive. Liberate. Well, the, the yeah. gravity drive yeah. itself. Yeah. The gravity drive itself looks like a religious icon. Well, it does. Yeah, the just way. it's so creepy. I've, I don't think seventeen-year-old Dan is probably the most scared he's ever been of a film <laughs> when watching Event Horizon, <laughs> and Sorry. I was petrified of that film but I couldn't stop watching it yes it's a beautiful beautiful film that someone's taken the same guy who did Resident Evil isn't it is it the Paul same Paul director Verhoeven. who did Resident Evil yeah, yeah I think so Paul Verhoeven no not Paul Verhoeven it's uh, Paul it's, it's whichever Anderson is the less talented Anderson it's, it's that one <laughs> but um, it's <laughs> That's it's a beautiful film with Amazing sets. Well, beautiful is the wrong word, but I know what you mean. It, it just oh, it fits so nice. But yeah, yeah, it looks great. It looks yeah. great. It's got just interesting cast of characters as well. The, yeah, got, the, uh, Sam Neill again. Yeah, Sam Neill again. Yeah, yeah as the uh, Doctor Weir. Doctor Weir. Yeah, who's yeah. got a it's troubled a, past with his uh, with wife, suicide wife. Bit of a weird take on um, riffing on a line from Back to the Future, though. Yes. Where we're going, we don't need eyes. Yeah, we don't need <laughs> eyes to see. But, um... Sean Pertwee. Yeah. Has yeah. Same character he always is. <laughs> Angry, <laughs> cockney guy. Jason <laughs> Isaacs, and hello to Jason Isaacs, anyone that listens yes. to, um... Uh, Kermode and Mayo podcast. Jolie Richardson. Jolie Richardson. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. The, uh... Captain, Captain Miller. Captain, yeah. And you've also got um, the English actor who plays the Doctor. Oh, Sean Pertwee and Jason Isaac. Well, oh, Jason, Jason Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes. Sorry. Yeah, who gets killed in a particularly gruesome way yes. as well. Um, which one's that? Jason Isaac. He's oh, like, yes, yeah. he's the one who gets like, strung up. He's the one who gets... It's well, the worst death in that is the, the young guy who gets put in the airlock. Oh, my God, yeah. He doesn't die. He doesn't does, die. Yeah. That's true. He survives, yeah. technically. <laughs> yeah. That's Suddenly really comes to the dark. Yeah. yeah. Every um, even spoilers. Even at the end, before the guy takes off the spacesuit, and you realise they're probably still in hell. Although you never really can tell. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. The spacesuits <laughs> themselves, everything about it is terrifying. Mm. It's so well done. Such a well put together film. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just you would never get on that ship. It's. Hor- Horrifying. Especially because it's also quite good with its 
choice of um, of soundtrack of how it uses mm. music. Mm. You know, uh, while there is dr- drama mm. in the dramatic music, the beginning of the film opens very, yeah. very stoically. In fact, and it's just sort of expansive space with mm. the yeah telling you what's happened. You know, yeah. seven years ago, the um, whatever it is, the SS. I can't remember what it is. There's yeah. something about Horizon um, engaged the gravity drive and then disappeared without a trace. And it's just, and now it's just turned up. Yeah. And that's it. Just so I, I love and the idea. That's all you see is the still shot of the mm. event horizon around Neptune just yeah. sat waiting. I love love the idea as yeah, well. Of very cool premise. The Doctor is essentially meant to be um, like a, an ancient sorcerer dabbling in the dark arts yeah. and gets obsessed with it to the extent his wife kills herself. Mm. And this is this, it, it's a perfect mixture of science and almost fantasies to a certain point where he, he is basically uh, yeah, dabbling in the dark arts to create this, 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 this thing that, that is it's, it's being heavily based on science, but it's not. It's, it mm. goes to hell. It's sort of possessed yeah. him in a way. It's sort of, exactly, wow. yeah. And it drives him crazy. You know nothing. Hell is only a word. Exactly. The reality is much, much worse. Yes. And even that choice of word, just saying much, much worse, is just uh, is are, are three very, very simple chosen mm. words. But make, I mean, especially from those flashes of imagery you see when uh, Sam Neill touches yeah. Lawrence Fishburne's head to show him mm. you see these like flashes of really quiet graphic do you yeah. see like Jesus Christ you know, what the hell am I seeing yeah yes I see yeah. there's just people with their flesh cut up and stuff and, and, and but with like packets and shit yeah you know um, but, but there's that Someone moment now's video. where yes. boom 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 smash 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 the front bit of the event horizon disappears off mm. and, like it's doing his lifeboat thing yeah and suddenly just you don't see Lawrence Fishman being taken to hell you don't see any of this stuff you just see the yeah. rip in reality yeah. pulling the Black last hole. part and then it just seals up and that's it yeah it's so understated mm. it's so powerful because Miller's gone Miller's yeah. sacrificed he's himself gone to he's hell. gone to hell mm. voluntarily to, uh, to save his crew very cool yeah yeah, yeah. One and then the yeah. guy still survives doesn't he after yeah. that um Sam Neill. Yeah. Well, you're meant oh, no, to. Was that, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's when. It's he, meant to be. It's like a dream, isn't it? When she wakes yeah. up out of status, she has a nightmare that he's. But the door of the ship shuts as mm. it pulls out, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, she's having a little yeah. mental episode. So you're meant to. There's, there's few things that, um, in, in terms of space horror, that, that hit those buttons, and I think that's one of them. Alien, obviously. Oh. One of the other films, not really a space horror, but dabbles in it that I'll mention next I think and then um, Dead Space 1 and 2 the two games the games yeah unbelievable Dead but Space yes. 1 especially oh Dead Space 1 I mean the issue mirror is pretty the, much yes. Horizon yeah pretty much Yeah, and yeah. The, the ending of that game I yeah. jumped out of my seat yeah, me too. I never yeah. jumped so yeah. much harder in a game anyway sorry Sean you'll go no 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 that's cool. fine um, well I don't know where to Probably go after that should we yeah should we start going quick fire let's do quick let's fire, fire. Yeah. alright well I've got Time Bandits, just because it's a kick-ass film. I don't hear anyone. Time Bandits. <laughs> oh, Time Bandits, sorry. Um, video game show. Yeah, yeah Terry Gilliam <laughs> film starring some of the cast of Monty Python, but definitely sort of overshadowed by um, stuff like Life of Brian and Holy mm. Grail. But uh, it's just a, a really fantastic, satirical fantasy film with lots of humour and 
you know, it's just a really good magical journey full of midgets. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Do we want to keep going round? I have only one more. Okay, what's your last one? Uh, it's Starship Troopers. Ah, oh, yes. Kick-ass film. Yeah, really great film, film but, Tef- but furiously underrated. And massively not seen for what it is. Massively, completely misunderstood for yes. what it's trying yeah. to do. Exactly. The book was satire yeah. on future government. If we let government become unchecked, eventually we will all become citizens and mm. everything will be regulated to the point where military service will mm. buy you the ability to have children mm. or something like that. Yeah. And it is hilarious. And actually, I love the way the film, and I'll, I'll try yeah. to keep it quick, but I love the way the film paints, you know, that it has these wicked things like, MI does the dying, fleet just does the flying, <laughs> and also all the propaganda videos. Yeah. And, Would you, would you like, you like to, to know more? more? Yes. You know, I mean, it's just pitch perfect. It's brilliantly Even done, the brilliantly little, executed. Um, like, big idea sort of talk shows mm. where it's like a buck with a brain I've never heard yeah, of frankly I find the yeah. thought <laughs> insulting yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is it's pitch perfect brilliant it yeah. is brilliant great film terrible sequels though yes yeah, oh yeah. awful sequels because they didn't get it <laughs> no yeah, the, se- really the sequels missed the point yeah. the, you know the, 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 the original was brilliant because it, yeah. if you've read the book Starship Troopers it's it's, yeah, it's almost perfect. Yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, even though there's, there's, you know, there's difference. Like, for instance, the, the rocket troopers. I was going to say it's, it's very different, and actually, it's amazing how much anime is clearly yes. written mm. off the, the book Star yes. Troopers on the bounce trooper. Yeah. Um, you know, but but the but the way the government is uh, presented yeah. the book yeah. and yeah. the idea that, of pitch perfect citizenship yeah. being tied to kind of military yes. service. Add to that the fact is that uh, Denise Richards in it, is in it. She's marvellous. Uh, it was boobies. Boobies. Neil uh, Patrick Harris is in it. Neil Patrick Harris is in it as the uh, intelligence colonel. Yeah. Um, it's what's his name, Casper. Casper Van Dien. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rico. Um, yeah, <laughs> Rico's roughnecks. <laughs> Rico roughnecks. <laughs> and then it's got uh, Ironside, Michael Ironside. It's got Michael well. Ironside. It's got Clancy Brown in it as well. Two guys that are in all of these types of films. Yeah. I only have. Two rules. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's just brilliant. It's just it's hammy and yeah. excellent in equal proportions. Plus, the bugs are generally quite scary. Yeah, yeah. gruesome. Why yeah. has there never been a good Starship Troopers game? That's a gift. Be so good. Surely it's so easy. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what they thought, mm. and they, they they. But again, the the game missed the point mm. of what made it so good. But at the end of the day, how do you like the the assault on Clendathu? Mm. in the first game even though it's awesome when they all land on that and then literally an hour later pull out because mm. they realise they're grossly over um, grossly over underestimating the strength of the bugs on their home planet um, how do you get that right in a game? Mm. it's very mm. tough Definitely. it would have to be ridiculously stealth uh, ridiculously scripted mm. yeah um, but yeah, very priceable. The video game itself, actually, the one that came out on the PC, I bought, mm. thinking it was going to be great, and it was fucking awful. Yeah, um, really, really trite effort. There's an anime film of stuff. The Roughnecks, well. isn't it? No, that was like the TV yeah. series. No, there's an actual anime film. It's on Netflix. Mm. Um, it's like a CG anime, mm. and it's seen English. Like mm. the their lip syncs and everything. So I presume it was made in English. Mm. But it's just made by like an anime studio or whatever. We must go and fight back. No, that's <laughs> so no. It's awful though. It's oh, unwatchable. It I got sort of 15 minutes in, I was like, I just can't bear this anymore. <laughs> it's too cringy and horrible and shit. Yeah, so, shame. my next film, mm. uh, Sunshine. Danny oh, Boyle's man. best film, oh, yes. in my opinion. Great film, yeah. Um, start to finish, 
there's, there's, as I say, there's a slight horror vibe to it. It's not... Yeah, it's almost similar to Event Horizon. Exactly. Um, the, the obsession with the sun, the, the way the characters change throughout the whole thing, the actors in it as well. Probably everyone, every actor in that is putting in their best performance I think I've seen in a film. Killian uh, Murphy, right? Killian Murphy, yeah. Oh, uh, Chris Evans as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he is. Really good. Yeah, exactly. And And just real edge of the seat stuff because you realise that it's all when it all starts going wrong you realise what's at stake and and I think it does that better than um, The Martian has anyone seen that? No I really want it though. It's good it's mm. a oh, good yeah, film the, um, but I think <clears throat> I think Sunshine almost does it better like it, it, they're different films but mm. realising what's at stake they, they, they kind of are very aware that what they've got sacrificed to Really cool shots in that film. Oh, it's just beautiful. Really good looking. Yeah. But at the same time, I do like the fact that in the story, they're not entirely sure what the payload, mm. whether it's going to even succeed. They know that the payload has to be launched at the sun, yeah. but they they have no idea. They you know all like like uh, Killian Murphy's character says, yeah. all the maths up to that point is perfect, but we're not entirely sure what's going to happen afterwards. It'll either work and reignite the sun, or It'll blow the sun up and then destroy everything. It's, an, it's another film that changes. It's desperation changes halfway mm-hmm. through when they encounter the other ship as well. Well, that's the that's yeah. the bit that scares you the most because yeah. you're like it's been called the Icarus Two the entire yeah. time, and they kind of just play it off. They just they kind of don't they kind of don't really recognise anything about it, do they until they suddenly go. It's the flashes of the photos. Yeah, brilliant, but yeah. absolutely brilliant film. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great film. And Mark Strong, isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah yeah, he pinbacker. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Excellent. Briefly, this my next one is yeah. so good I haven't even taken out the wrapping. And I paid three pounds <laughs> for it. I've not seen it. It's brilliant. Oh, it's it really is good. I watched really it on good. TV. It is a fantastic adventure film. I'm talking about the Adventures of Tintin, um, which is a Spielberg film produced by Peter Jackson. Um, starring Simon Pegg. So, well, not starring Simon Pegg, but Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are yeah. in it as Watson and Watson. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who plays um, uh, Tintin, mm. but whoever it is, really great. And he takes along with him this sort of drunken captain that mm. he meets on a ship, and it's a really interesting story there. Captain Haddock. Captain Haddock, yeah. yeah. And it's just brilliant. It's just, it's got, it's not childish in the kind of worst sense of the word, It's but it's kind of family friendly in the best possible mm. way so it's got kind of um, you know added sort of depth for adults and well, darker themes never, you know like alcoholism and stuff like you know the so books never were childish no like, the, the, there's that common mistake with graphic novel to assume that because it's a cartoon as in it's cartoony drawing that it's somehow childish in content mm. but you read I mean you read the mask uh, comic books from Dark Horse and you realise that it may look quite nice and fluffy but it certainly yeah. doesn't it doesn't pull any punches and grotesquery. Okay, so starring so, Jamie Bell, Andy Serkis, um, and Daniel Craig as some of the voices excellent. in it. So really Craig good cast. <laughs> Written by screenplay by Stephen Moffat, Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish. Let's well. give it a read. So, so uh, can I, you know, excellent pedigree. Can one. I link into my that almost perfectly seamlessly links into my next one? Go on, if that's all right. Have you got? You haven't got any more. I haven't got any more. Okay, and you'll all hate this. <clears throat> uh, because it's not really a small film, but Ant Man. 
Okay. Uh, considered the smaller of the Marvel films, probably one of my favourites, though. It's a heist film set in the Marvel Universe uh, with some fantastic acting, with some fa- amazingly written script, uh, some amazing set pieces, some fantastic CGI, obviously, because they've got the money behind it. But it doesn't get the love that it, I think it deserves compared to some of the, the less brilliant Marvel films. You could probably bin off a couple of the Thor ones, maybe, and watch this one instead. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Really funny, real tongue-in-cheek stuff, and it was nice at that point to see them doing something a little bit different that we haven't already seen, seeing a character that we haven't seen. And it's the same thing as Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't didn't expect too much from it, and it delivered quite well, I felt. And Ant-Man is probably one of my favourite. Well, it must have done things. quite well, because, of course, he appears in Civil War. But everyone appears in Civil War. Well, not everyone. Not everyone. everyone. Yeah. But you know what I mean? He, yeah. he appears out of over other... Yeah, and they're doing a second one as well. They are. But it's not... But it is Paul Rudd, and he's yeah. pretty bankable. Yes. But it's still not... What it, it's not one of the top-selling Marvel films by any stretch of the imagination. No. I thought it was quite nice, though. I loved it. I thought it was great. It's probably one of my favourites because it's, yeah. it's so kind his, of His friend, the other ones. when he's explaining things, they do that so well, and he goes back to like who yeah. he spoke to, and then we're in the art gallery, and yeah, 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 it's brilliant. And then the, the end when spoilers when they explain that they they want Ant Man for um, Captain America needs Ant Man for yeah. what happens in Civil War, yeah, and how they explain it, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, great, good one. One last one. Okay, talking about Lord of the Rings the other week. For me, unexpected journey. I liked unexpected it's journey. It's a tough. Thing to say it's underappreciated because obviously it's, it was a massive commercial success. However, I hear so many people saying when the second and third one came out, they were like, "Oh yeah, the first one was really boring. It just went on too long, and they spent too long in the Shire." But for me, this was the best out of the trilogy. It was the most restrained in terms of silly CG nonsense that mm. we got in the second and third film. And it's a charming kind of story in its own right. It felt like Fellowship of the Ring, I guess. Yeah. And I loved seeing all the stuff in the Shire. I loved hanging around there. I loved seeing my favourite part of the Hobbit book is when all the dwarves turn up and, you know... all The, the singing the songs. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. I love all that. And that's what I was excited about in this film. And they, they did it really well, I, I think. think so, they yeah. gave each of the dwarves a really unique look and character and personality. And um, it just worked really well, in my opinion. I, I loved it. And I think it's just a little bit under, underappreciated. I, I have to say that it's one of the ones that I don't underappreciate I, I appreciate like I, mm. I really did and Jodie and I watched it together mm. I actually didn't enjoy the second no. uh, or the third I, yeah, I that series at all um, I, I hated Smaug I, 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 he went from being in my head a threatening creature to being well <laughs> they dispatched him quite quickly <laughs> <don't> they? Yeah. <laughs> you I, know he's just he, he, I quite liked how they did Smaug but I hated what happened in the third film the way they killed him I thought it was just so stupid I didn't even see it the way I mean, you know what I mean it's just making a sort of makeshift shift balister by just jamming two bits of wood in oh god it's just so don't, cringy don't, don't, yeah, like, okay. why not just have them shoot him but that first one was good and I did like it yeah. when, when uh, you meet all the um uh, the sort of troll, troll-like goblin Yeah, sort of the troll the scenes are great. So good. Those great scenes in Goblin Town, I really enjoyed yeah. um, Dame Edna Everidge as the oh, Goblin it was, King. Yeah. It was nice. It's just, and i got to say as well, I'm quite a big fan of Martin Freeman. Mm. Oh, I am. As younger Bilbo. I, they, I think he's brilliant. It genuinely, like my... Um, it gives me goosebumps, the bit yeah. where um, the dwarves have set off 
and he's decided he sort of said no adventuring is not for me you know I'm, you know don't be ridiculous and then he just sees the contract on his table and he's just looking at it and then he, you just see him uh, run out of his house yeah. and the music's really great in the scene and he's running down the lanes of the Shire and then he's like where are you going Mr Bilbo and he goes I'm going on an adventure <laughs> and it's just it's, oh, it's just so nice it is good just, yeah. it is very nice so I think I've got one more go for it Jane Silent and Bob straight back. Oh my god. That's a mic Real, drop. Real, huh? That's a mic drop. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's on paper, it should be a shit film, but it, it really doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a funny adventure film. It was his immediate follow up to Dogma, which was one of his more intelligent films. But, but was also criminally underrated as Dogma well. as well. Dogma, I nearly put Dogma in it, but um, it's got cameos from all the characters in the View Askew universe. Um, and it's ridiculously funny whilst being all dick and fart jokes basically the whole way through basically although as Kevin Smith points out nowadays um, basically in that film they both look like they could be each other's sons yeah you know what I mean like Jason Mewes was at his probably his chubbiest yeah because he'd just come off heroin because he'd just come off heroin and was uh, putting his weight back on and stuff like that and Kevin Smith was Looks very young. Yes, very young. But Will Ferrell is brilliant in it <laughs> as uh, as the the wildlife marshal. That's that's one of my favourite. Federal bits. wildlife officer. Yeah. You know? I love the bit with um, Gus Van Sant as well. <laughs> <laughs> when they're doing uh, Google Hunting too. Yeah, and he's just there counting his money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm busy, man. Busy. I, I, yeah. just, um, I love that. Um, I don't know, Will. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's a decent film with Ben Affleck in as well, which is rarity. Yeah, he's only in it for a couple of... Although it's good to see him, um, Banky... No, it's not, he's, he's Holden McNeil, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he plays two characters in it, though. He does. Yeah. Bong, look at these morose motherfuckers <laughs> right here. Yeah. I love... Um, I love... <laughs> that's not true, because I didn't have a hooker in my trailer today. <laughs> yeah, at 1082, that's when we have to disappear a hooker from Ben Affleck's trailer. trailer. <laughs> yeah. Applesauce. Right, there we go then. Yeah, dude, I don't want to go to prison. You know what they do in there? I used to be a guard. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. And it's got Mark Hamill in. It's got Mark Hamill in. Don't mess with the Jedi Master. No, don't fuck with the Jedi Master. (laughs) Cockknocker. Cockknocker. (laughs) It's such a silly but brilliant film. It was, it was. Uh, brilliant it's probably an overstatement right thanks for listening this has been part three uh, you can contact us on Twitter which is at I don't remember what I was going to do for my drinking game thing now yes. how many times I messed this up at T fuck at 2MT OOH Facebook is facebook.com forward slash TNT OOH you can email us although has anyone ever checked that email I was going to say we never actually checked the email we'll check the email at some point how do you check the email I don't know we'll figure that one out yeah we'll figure it out talk to us at TNT com. check out the site there'll be more stuff going up this week I believe yeah, yeah, yeah. There's at least a couple of uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Cool. I might, I might finally put something up as well. If I haven't put anything up in a while, so yeah, uh, which is just uh, tmtooh.com, and that is it, guys. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Snoochie